Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We're in difficult times, but there have always been difficult times. Not one of us who has lived through 9-11 will ever forget those haunting pictures as people were escaping the towers and first responders were going up those same steps to try and rescue others. That was inspiring. Maybe you remember the story of uh, the, the commercial airliner that crashed into the icy Potomac River outside Washington, D.C. And we saw the pictures of rescuers trying to rescue what few survivors there were. And there was one stewardess who was so weakened by the frigid water that she couldn't hold on to that life preserver. And a bystander dove into the water and helped her hang on. And he lost his life. And that was inspiring. We continue our series today on godly leadership. Studies from godly leaders. And I want to think today about Paul, the inspirer. Like we... Think of these who perform so well under catastrophic situations. They are inspiring. Paul was an inspiring individual in his life and way he worked and practiced his ministry. The word being inspired by something is not the same word as the word that says the Bible is inspired of God. It's a different word. It's the same word in English, but it's a different word actually. Tonight, I, I want us to think about that different word. Uh, this morning we're going to learn about the inspiring life of Paul the Apostle. And then tonight we're going to notice what it means, though, to have an inspired word from God. Think with me, if you will, about Paul as the inspiring leader. The text that was read for us from Philippians chapter 1, uh, you might turn there and notice with me verses 12 through 14 that was just read. Let's notice some things within these verses. These verses tell us that Paul was indeed an inspirer. Notice what he says about these things. He said, I want you to key in on the phrase... Turned out. Paul said, everything that had happened to him had turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. 
This text mentions in verse 13 and in 14 that he was in chains. Paul, in fact, was in prison during the time that he was writing these inspiring words. Focus with me on this phrase, turned out. It is a Greek word, prokapos, and here's what it means. To cut down in front of. It's used of, for instance, an army that was going to attack but had to go through heavy underbrush. And the ones in front were cutting the way so that the army could come through. That's what this word means. Therefore, Paul is saying, the things that have happened to me have actually chopped down things in front of the gospel so that it could be furthered. We, in our term today, we would use the term paved the way. That's how we would use it. It is, in fact, Paul saying that my life, the things that I have been through, the things that I have experienced, the way that I have had to live have paved the way or chopped down in front of the gospel so that it could have free course in the world. How is this inspiring? Notice verse 13, even those who were guarding him in prison, even those who were the palace guard, the ones that were closest to the emperor, his influence, his inspiration reached even into the highest levels of the government that was in fact responsible for imprisoning him. The way he lived, the things that he did inspired even those people. Look at verse 14. And his own brethren were inspired by what they saw in him. They were therefore willing because of this inspiration. Notice how Paul inspired them. Notice what it says of them in verse 14. They were confident by his chains. That is, he was persuasive. What Paul endured by being imprisoned for his faith actually was a form of persuasion to deepen the faith of his brethren. Paul inspired deeper and greater faith as they watched him go through the difficulties of his life. As they watched him in prison and in chains, Paul was an inspiring individual to his brethren. He persuaded them and he gave them boldness. They acted on what it was they were inspired to do, what he persuaded them to do. They were willing to do, and they did it, verse 14, fearlessly. By watching Paul, 
By seeing what he went through, by seeing what he endured while he was right there in prison, Paul inspired his brethren to have greater faith and in that greater faith to act upon it and then to do it fearlessly, knowing that the same thing that happened to him might indeed happen to them but because of his inspiration, because of the inspiring nature of his life, they were willing to go through the very same problems. Paul was an inspirer. So what did Paul, in his inspiring life, what did he chop down in front of them. How did he pave the way for them to be stronger in their faith, for them to serve in their faith, for them to be fearless in their faith? What did he do? Here's what Paul chopped down. Number one, he chopped down the his own personal failures so that they could see they can get over theirs too. Someone might raise the excuse that says, I can't do that because I have been a failure, because I have messed up, because I am such a problem. And Paul, by his life, had already chopped away that excuse. Paul said of himself in 1 Timothy, he said, formerly, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent or a violent man. Paul would say of himself, I am the least of all the saints because of the way I used to live. Paul had failures. He looked at his past and he said, look at all the bad that I did. And yet, as they saw him overcome that and turn his life around to become the powerful influence that he was, by doing that, he chopped down in front of them any excuses they might make about their own personal failures, not only in the past, but those that yet might happen in the future. They could use his life paved to see that personal failures don't have to be a problem. Number two, he went through all kinds of difficulties in his newfound faith. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 30, he writes extensively about a, a summary of all the things that had happened to him because of living his faith. He talked about being beaten, about being shipwrecked. He, he talked about not having food or clothing. He talked about being uh, all kinds of persecution and people who were going after him and bothering him. He worked his way through all kinds of difficulties. 
And by doing that and going through it the way he did and at the current time in prison, the way he was, he was chopping down in front of those brethren any hesitancy to lose their faith because life is difficult. He was paving the way in front of them to say, yes, it's going to be tough. You're going to have some rough things, but you can go through it. Use me as an example. I think it is fascinating that Paul identified himself as a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. And you know what happened? The people blasphemed him. They persecuted him, and they were violent towards him. The very things he had done in his previous life are the very things that were being done to him in his present life. But his life was inspiring because he showed them that the difficulties don't have to affect negatively your faith. Number three, he chopped down in front of his brethren any reason to think that being rejected should impede my journey. <clears throat> Paul was rejected. If you look at Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 45, the text actually says, And while they were opposing him and blaspheming him, he turned to them and he said, Now these Jewish people who were constantly following him around and trying to disrupt his ministry, he turned to them and said, Since you have judged yourselves unworthy for the gospel of Christ, I am turning from you to go to the Gentiles. Paul became a minister primarily to the Gentiles because the Jews rejected him, his own people. He would say of himself in Philippians chapter 3 that he had the greatest resume that a Jewish person could have. He was in the inner circle of the Jewish people. And they, his own people, didn't listen to him about the faith of Jesus Christ. They rejected him. And as he dealt with that rejection, it didn't make him quit. He just simply refocused. And in doing so, he was chopping down in front of his brethren any reason to believe that rejection should equal quitting. Paul was an inspiring individual. But let us notice something else. Paul inspired people by not letting success go to his head. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, You're saying I am of Paul and I am of Apollos and I am of Cephas. And he said, Did Paul baptize you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? 
He said, this is not the way things ought to be. I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you, except maybe the house of Stephanus. But he said, God did not send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul had great success. His success was outstanding. We, we think about Paul as a missionary, and we think of him being one of the best ever, don't we? Doesn't his life stand out as the one that rises above everyone in its effect and its influence? But Paul didn't let that success go to his head. He didn't care what credit he received. He was only concerned about God and Jesus getting the credit. You see, ahead of his brethren... Paul chopped down all of these things, paved the way against all of these things that might hold them down and keep them from being as faithful as they need to be. Paul was an inspirer. So what do we learn about godly leadership? <clears throat> what do we learn that we need to think about so that we can have and that we know who the godly leaders are? There are so many ways in which very many people in this church are leading. And I want you, in whatever capacity you are tasked with a project given a responsibility to that degree, you are a leader. What is your job? Let me suggest your job is to be inspiring to those you lead. And you do that by chopping away the underbrush in front of them so that the way through is clear so that they can get through. Pave the way. Good leaders lead by chopping. That's what good leaders do. Think with me how God has said leadership should look. When he left Paul, or Ty Timothy that is, or Titus in Crete in order to appoint elders, Titus 1, when Paul told Timothy he was responsible for appointing elders, those leaders, he said, need to be three times, God used the term, blameless. <clears throat> blameless. Good leaders are blameless. They chop down ahead of their followers by living a lifestyle that is above reproach. That doesn't mean, obviously, that they do everything right. What it means is when you look at the whole of their lives, the whole of their character, there is nothing that can be impugned. Certainly there are moments, certainly there are problems, but there is not in the overall, which is what the word means, any way to indict. Good leaders live a blameless life. Number two, 
good leaders pass the tests. In 1 Timothy 3, talking about those men appointed to be deacons, to, to serve, to be servants, God said of them, let them first be proven, then give them that responsibility. If you are a leader doing any kind of leading whatsoever, you need to pass the test. In fact, we don't need to appoint leaders who have not already passed many tests. It is the fact that they have passed some tests that make them leaders. And God wants us to pass the test. If you are leading people, you chop the way in front of them by passing the tests that come. Number three, Paul said to those who preach the gospel to 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy, he's writing to this young man who is going to preach. And in chapter 1 in verse 18, he said, I want you, Timothy, to do this, to war the good warfare. Fight the good fight, he would say in 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you are teaching and preaching the Word, stand in the trenches and fight the fight. That's how you chop down in front of those you lead. You stand there with the fight that is there and face it. Don't run from it. Don't hide away. Don't shy away. No preacher should ever shy away from preaching and teaching the things that God wants to be taught regardless of what the society has voted, regardless of what the leaders have decided. There is a right and there is a wrong and every preacher who preaches should stand up and teach, preach that. And in so doing, they're paving the way for their followers. To those who teach, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, he simply says, Speak the truth in love. If you are one who teaches, you are a parent teaching a child. You are a Bible class teacher teaching young children. You are teaching adults. Whatever teaching you are doing, speak the truth in love. And when you are speaking the truth in love, you are paving the way in front of those who are hearing. You are chopping down ahead of them so that they can pass through as easily as possible. That's your job as a leader. And finally, we even learn from Proverbs 31 in verse 31. In that passage, we know as the worthy woman. He says to the, this woman who herself was a leader. She was a businesswoman. She was a leader that everyone seemed to know. And the text says in verse 31, Let her works praise her in the gates. Good leaders pave the way. Chop down in front of those they lead by letting their works speak for them. How better to inspire anyone than for leaders 
to show what is supposed to be done. And you can rely on them because their works speak for them. What are we saying today? We look at the life of Paul and Paul inspired people. And he was an inspiring man because he had a life, he lived a life and did it in such a way that he was chopping down in front of his, before his brethren, in front of them, anything that was getting in the way potentially to keep them from doing what they should be doing. They were inspired, therefore, to do as he was paving the way. These things, he said, have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Through his chopping, the gospel was spread. Of course, that's our purpose as people of God, as his church. Our purpose is to spread the gospel. And we do that with all the different ways that people lead and are given responsibility and told that they need to work in these ways as all of us together lead where we are, doing what we are doing. We are inspiring somebody to do better. I don't even know who it was. I have some suspicions. But... I don't know who it was that came out and wrote on our parking lot. Very encouraging messages. It was wonderful to read this morning. I know who put these pictures out today. This is wonderful to see. These people are inspiring. Let us live lives knowing that we can inspire others. And for those who lead us in whatever way that you do, will you agree with me today to inspire people through your leadership by chopping down anything in front that would prevent the people from moving forward? Pave the way. In that way, you will be an inspiring leader. Jesus paved the way for us. The way was paved to the cross and thereafter. If you're not a child of God, if you've never submitted to Jesus, if you've never been immersed in his name to have sins removed, <clears throat> you've not taken advantage of the way that Jesus paved and you're lost in sin. We still... Even though we're not together, we expect that if you are ready to obey the Lord in baptism, let us serve you. Let us have you immersed into Jesus. And in so doing, you will inspire others by your action. And if you've left the faith and you're ready to come back, let us know. We'll help you. We'll pray for you. And that desire to change will, in fact, inspire others. Thank you for joining us for this study today. May God bless all of us, and I hope to see you tonight as we continue tonight, though, understanding what it means to have an inspired
Word of God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.